It's time for the Fontenelle final bell on the World Radio Network. Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield today, talking the market trade with us. Darren Fessler, Lakefront Futures and Options. Darren, thanks for being able to join the Fontenelle final bell today. As we get started, I want to flip-flop what we typically do. We usually start in grains, go to livestock, but kind of seeing some heavier selling in the livestock day. I want to start there. Live cattle, feeder cattle, both triple digits on the loss side, but yet we still saw some decent cash trade this week. Do you think this could be possible, those longs that have been held by management for so long starting to liquidate this market? Yeah, I, I think that's the case. It has been the case the entire week. If we continue to look at the spread action that's going on between one contract month and the next, uh, we continue to see bearish spread action there. Uh, that's only indicated further lower prices, meaning they're, they're, they're selling the fronts, buying the backs. And, and, and you know, to me, it's uh, the funds have been long uh, a lot of this market. It, it feels just from a purely that when I'm watching and I'm trading some of this cattle, if you look at the spreads, this is purely fund liquidation. It has been for the last few sessions. Now, it, it, what's interesting to note on this cattle, when you open the trade up this morning, we moved higher. We moved even the hogs higher. And it felt like maybe this was a somewhat of a trying to form somewhat of a bottom. But then when yesterday's trade, you just seen a bunch of puts hit the bids, and, and you know you knew there's probably going to be a little bit more pressure here. Maybe they were trying to get some underlying protection just in case further price were to fall. Today it opened up a little bit higher, but then the trade could not hold. The spreads were still acting bearish, and it just continued to pressure those futures throughout the session and into the late back half of the session. You made new new lows again, and you know from just purely technically speaking. You're making lower lows daily here, and it's very difficult for any type of trader or any type of bullish sediment to set in when you're making lower lows daily. And you know, a lot of producers I work with, where's the low at? Where's the low? And, and, and the thing is, this is exactly why we hedge, and I stress it so much, because you don't know where a low is. When you're making lower lows, Yes, you're probably going to go back and maybe take a look at some of those December lows. Uh, and even, I know that there was a pretty big discount or pretty big premium between that April and that June, and there's still a pretty big premium um, to the cash. I think that's where the trade is. Watch what cash does. If cash backs up in any way, you know these futures are going to start going further lower, I think. And cash is exactly my next question here as we look at the cattle complex. We saw trade happen early this week. I mean, we were done essentially by Wednesday. Nebraska is still selling over 60000 had a couple dollars lower than last week is what uh, many of the reports we're seeing coming back. Is that because are, are feeders kind of feeling that tension that if cash starts to slip, so they're trying to get in early? In doing that, though, are they actually kind of hurting the cash market? Well, I, I think I think combination of that. Uh, if, if we still look at, you know, the feeder prices are still relatively expensive. You're going out there trying to feed out feeders here. The, the, and over the last few weeks, the feeder prices have been high if you're looking to buy it. If you're selling it, they've been okay. But I think the cash coming off this week has only continued to pressure the futures and vice versa. I think the futures are what's pressuring the cash here but because of fun long liquidation. But I mean, Nebraska's down. I mean, you're probably talking almost two and a half dollars just from last week. I mean, Kansas, you're down probably about three, four dollars from last week. So this is the problem. You're getting a snowball effect now. Now, I think all in all, the technicals do not look good in this cattle, but you have sold this thing off. I would not be surprised to see a little bit of snapback 
but we're going to have to see some firming in some of these spreads before, I, before I'm that confident that these futures start to recover. Let's look at market fundamentals, Darren, and one of those would be exports. What does the current demand look like for beef and pork? Overall, I mean, if you, if you look at the beef exports this week, they came in about a you know 10,600 metric tons. If we look at that versus the four-week average, it's less than 50% uh, of what we what we moved over the last previous four weeks. The four-week average was about 21,000 metric tons. We came in at a little less than 11,000. So obviously that's not good. Added some of the bear sediment too. If you look at the accumulated sales for 19, we're roughly a little bit under 400,000 metric tons. If you look at that from last year, we're a little over 4% behind last year. So the demand side is not there. And, you know, if you look at the weather, we've been dealing with this wet, dreary, colder climate. We should be a lot warmer here. We should be out grilling more. I think some of that is probably adding to some of the bearishness. Uh, all in all, we the whole ag sector, uh, I think a lot of it's pinning on, okay, there's a lot of uncertainty going on with China right now. And how is it going to impact these things going forward? I think that is a, in itself a, a big, big question mark over this market's mind. But it does not take away the fact that funds are long, funds are liquid. About a minute left here in our first segment. As we take a look, the green on the screen in the livestock sector came in the hogs today. Just in your last remarks there, is that again optimism, the eternal optimist of these traders, that China's going to have to buy pork from the U.S.? I think that that's a very good uh, potential. Uh, the, the amount of hogs that they have slaughtered already is an incredible number. But the thing with the hogs is we on the May contract, the June contract, is more or less focusing on the June now, is we're holding that 50-day moving average. Now, we've had sold off from those highs a decent amount here over the last couple of weeks, and we found support right along that 50 the last previous earlier this week and have found higher highs coming into the, the weekly close here. So it's encouraging on the hog side that where the prices have found support, but we've also had rallied quite a bit here. So a little bit of breather here. Now we're, we could be back up to this upside swing. Again, we're talking with Darren Fessler, Lakefront Futures and Options. In our first segment here, focusing a little bit more on the livestock trade today where cattle, seeing a little bit more of that volatility in her alongside hogs, a lot of factors going into that. Coming up in our second segment, we're going to take a look here at the grain market, see what was in the red, what was in the green, some of the factors behind that weather still playing a key role. We're going to get Darren's thoughts on that as well, producers' options. This is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Again, Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield. Talking livestock in our last segment. Now we're going to switch to grains. It's Darren Fessler, Lakefront Futures and Options. Darren, as we take a look here at the grain trade today, again, wheat trying to make up some gains later on, but still ending in the red today. Corn, though, able to hold on to some green and soybeans in the red. Now, I'm sure the thing still at the top of everybody's mind is planting, and that's all coming back to weather. What are you seeing in terms of a long-run forecast for uh, potential planting? conditions and other going forward yeah on the on the 10-day gfs they're still calling for cooler wetter conditions across iowa uh you know i think the big concern is that eastern iowa and in illinois the the, the bullseye has been on illinois and I, I think it's going to continue uh they're still raised are you calling i know the 10-day forecast are calling for anywhere from one to two inches further uh, in my estimation, just from what our customers are telling us in Illinois, is there is going to be a lot 
of corn planted in the back half of May. And there probably will be if these forecasts hold. I know it's a long ways away, but you're probably looking at some, some in June. Now, granted, if you get a window of opportunity in these areas, with the planting capacity that we have now, there is going to be a lot of acres counted out in a hurry. But can we get the opportunity to get these guys back in the field? Now, my, my concern would be is you get these conditions in Illinois somewhat ready to go, and guys will be pushing it and probably in less than ideal conditions. But all in all, if Illinois and even Western or Eastern Iowa continue to have these issues, you would assume that the market's probably going to compensate for some of this within the futures price. Now, we, now we've got a decent bump off these lows, but I think producers are still holding on the sidelines, which is fine, but they probably should be getting some targets in there just in case this thing makes a couple quick moves to the higher over the next few sessions and, and on some wetter forecasts, but just to be getting some targets in now. because I'm still in a camp that with the amount of supplies we have and the conditions right now, I don't know if it's enough on May 3rd to really scare the funds into short covering a whole lot. You may get them a little bit, okay, we're going to cover here, cover there, but to get the 100,000, 150,000 type of contracts that they're covering, I don't quite think you get it yet. If you're, if you're looking at 30, 40% of crop and it's not planted, you know, call it May 23rd, you know, 20 days from now, now you're in a different ballgame. Uh, but I think a lot of this crop can get planted in a hurry if you have the conditions. Now, a lot of the Dakotas, uh, and even Minnesota, a lot of guys I work with up there, they're talking about the prevent plant, but you, a whole different situation when it comes to basis and, and the basis game up there too. So I'm not overly panicked yet that we're not going to get this crop in. I think it's something that we have to watch and watch further these forecasts. But right now, I don't think you're going to scare the funds. Talking about other fundamentals associated with weather, soil temperatures are still relatively cool across parts of the Big Ice states in those that major Corn Belt area. If guys go ahead, they get the corn in the ground, but they get it in cooler temperatures. Do you think that could have any effect on enough of the whole amount of the crop to really matter in traders' minds? Yeah, I mean, I'll put my agronomy agronomist hat on here. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're putting your your corn in the ground in, in, in cooler temps. Yeah, there could be some stand issues there, but I think given the forecast and the wet forecast, I would assume that a majority of producers would much rather have that in the cold ground than in a bag with the potential not playing it at all. So yeah, there could be some stand issues. There could be some top end yield losses with that, but as a whole, once this system clears up, we get some better weather, my concern would be, is it too wet? Now, I'd be really concerned if it's too wet for too long and this corn is just sitting underwater. Well, that's not going to be good at all. So that in itself it would be the biggest contributing factor of larger yield losses, but it's going to have to be over a wide scale. I don't think a certain area of Nebraska or Iowa or Illinois or any of these areas is going to move all that. It's going to have to be wide, widespread uh, to create a market to move, it, uh, move this thing much, much higher from here. Talking about bases earlier in our first question, as well, we've continued to see it firm up. Does this mean that end users are trying to get some of that grain out of the bend and, and try to meet farmers halfway? I think that we're coming off such a bad winter, and then then, then you push to into a very short spring here. Guys are really not wanting to move grain unless you get a really, really good base. I still even that, I don't think it's enough to encourage farmers selling right now. Their, their main focus is getting that crop in the ground. Maybe, yes, you've seen some movement of that, 
But overall, it, it, it's right now. It's a basis game. It's pretty much the only game in town right now. But I do. I am concerned that once this crop gets planted, that there is going to be a lot of corn being moved. And I do anticipate, unless there's some issues that for unforeseen issues that I don't see right now, I, I think this basis is at risk of it widening out even further once this crop gets planted. Darren, we've covered a lot of bases here today when it comes to marketing both grains and livestock. If someone wants to talk to you more in depth, what's the best way to get a hold of you? They can reach me, call me directly at 402-366-0423, or they can always go on our website at lakefrontfutures.com. And again, Darren Fessler, Lakefront Futures and Options. Again, joining the Fontenelle Final Bell. A big thank you to Fontenelle Hybrids and all their dealers for their support of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.